Welcome everyone to another episode of the Local Success Podcast. I am your host, Ricardo Flores. We continue our journey to admire, get inspired, and take action. Today, I have the pleasure to have a conversation with owner and operator of the famous Blue Owl restaurant in Santa Barbara, California, Nadia Ajloni. Nadia recently took over this restaurant and has managed to create one of the most unique and highly visited places in town. The Blue Owl offers a unique menu, live music, and was just featured in an episode of the Food Network. Her amazingly positive attitude, creative mind, and caring leadership skills have allowed her to fulfill her vision. I admire Nadia and I'm looking forward to talk about her journey and her vision for the restaurant. Enjoy our talk. Thank you, Nadia, so much for your time. I appreciate you doing this with me. Thank you for having me, Ricardo. I'm excited to talk about your restaurant that you own in town, which is getting more and more popular by the day. We'll talk a little bit about that and talking about your roots and your journey. So let's get to it. All right. Where are you from? Tell us a little bit about your family background and maybe where you are now. All right. Well, my family is Palestinian, so my family's from Jerusalem, and I grew up, I was born and raised in Florida, but I also lived in Jerusalem as a kid, and I continued my formative years in, in Miami, and then eventually moved to Cleveland, and now I'm here on the West Coast in Santa Barbara, California. Nice. Well, we're happy to have you here. It's nice to be here. How has that change been from Florida to Cleveland to now here? What's been one of the cool things about it and some of the hardships that you've had? Well, you know, one of the things I noticed is that it doesn't matter really where you go, people are just about the same. Mm. It's, it's, your it's your perspective and the, what you see in the world that you will see around you. So what's been really nice is kind of gathering a lot of different cultures and ideas and traditions that, from different places. So being in Miami is completely different than being in Cleveland, which is a whole different story than being on the West Coast in California. Whether it's from the weather or the cultures doing things here like Fiesta in Santa Barbara or doing Cayocho in Miami or in Cleveland you have things like St. Patrick's Day and things like that so it's kind of nice to know that there is regional differences wherever you go so it kind of helped augment my vision of where wherever you are there's going to be something different there's always something to explore and see so it's nice to get out of wherever you are. Where do you think that came from that passion for other cultures and, and kind of the passion for getting to know people you know you could easily just say oh I'll get stuck with this group but you clearly like to expand your mentality where do you think that you get that from? I think I really thought about that too thank you um, I attribute that a lot to my mom because when when we were younger she would play all kinds of different music she would play worldly music of things from like Algeria Africa different parts of the world you know English Arabic and whatnot so I've always had a different like vast interest and different foods that I really like to try everything and so therefore you know people are just about the same I really like to know people because everybody's like their own color yeah, I love that I moved, having me moved there when I was 12 years old from uh, South America I can totally relate to that so and I appreciate people like you <laughs> that are open for for other cultures so you're here now blow a restaurant that has been around for for quite some time now it's only gotten bigger and better tell us a little bit about everything when you started how you started that and, and your the vision and, and where it's going that's a good question. Thanks for asking. <laughs> so the Blue Owl has been open for 12 years. 12 years. Uh, I have always worked in restaurants. I guess from the age of being 19 years old when I was working at a bank and going to school, uh, I eventually picked up a serving job and I loved it. And so alongside my journey of going through my education and working professional jobs, I always enjoyed having a restaurant job. So from the age of 19 until now, I've... Uh, <clears throat> 
I've, I've enjoyed being in the service industry. And so at one point, I, when I moved here to Santa Barbara, I said, okay, well, I'm going to change the ways that I'm doing things. I'm going to step away from the restaurants and go into the professional world. I went to school for business and focused on advertising and marketing. So I thought I would, I would do something like that. But for a while, I just kind of was a store manager and retail shop and didn't really, didn't really, it wasn't my thing. So then I ended up finding myself back in another restaurant. And one day I'm working and my manager was talking about reopening an older pl a place that used to exist once upon a time that doesn't any longer. And he was saying, hey, you know, I would really love to open that place. We can do our own thing. All the servers, people who work in the, in, in the industry have certain frustrations that if they can get their own, they would do it right. And so I was like, yeah, I'd be so interested in doing something like that. What, you know? So um, I was talking to some people. I have mentors and advisors. And I was talking to them about the idea, how great would it be to be involved in a project like that? resurrecting a restaurant that was a sure success that people still ask about and they advised that if I wanted to get into an ownership of a restaurant that I need to do my own versus being in partnership with others because it clashes at times which is kind of true because the most efficient business is a sole proprietor because you will be able to kind of you have a vision you fulfill it nobody is there in your way so that's how it started mm -hmm. and what, what year was this um, this was 2020. Okay. Yeah, 2020. Okay. And then you took reins of it, and, and yeah. what, what was your vision? What did you have planned for that restaurant? How has it changed? Well, the, my, I, I guess to take it back a little bit, I didn't really think that that was an option. I didn't really, it, it wasn't something that I thought about. Like having my own restaurant just seemed so vast. It seemed so big. Mm -hmm. And I started to look into it. I'm like, wow, I, I think that I'm qualified. I can do this. So I, I started researching, I started looking up different places that were for sale in town. And um, the Blue Owl was up for sale. And it was something that totally fits my style. It kind of goes with my, just my being, the food, the culture. So I, I got interested in that. I expressed interest to the broker and we started, we opened up the case to, to look into it. Mm. And this was one of those things that just unfolded with ease and, and naturally. It was, it was so easy that I was like, this is so big, this will be completely life-changing and I don't know how it's happening, but I felt like I was supremely guided. I was just guided and I was calm, even though it was something that, you know, it's going to require a lot. But I love serving, I love the, I love cooking, I love music, I love business, I love decorating and being creative. So this restaurant was kind of a combination of a lot of d different passions to put into one place. So it was kind of a curating, a curating a perfect job. It's crazy because if I, I mean, you've always given it your own twist to it since it's been alive, but I would have thought you started that restaurant from scratch. It really, like you said, it describes you. <laughs> I've gotten to know you a little bit on the professional side and a little bit personal, and I can totally see that. I mean, the, even the menu, how eclectic it is and the infuses, it's, it, it literally is you. <laughs> it's funny, you're right. It's true. Like the salads even are what I would make at home, having things with texture, having um, radish and certain ingredients that like at home, this is what I would make anyway. So it's really nice to see that it was up on the menu. I'm like, I totally would sign off on this. That's so cool. Well, you mentioned a little bit about mentors and, and and people that guide you. Um, who are those someone specific people and how were they helpful in your life? Well, there's quite a few of them. <laughs> I've always been the kind of person that had friends that were much older than myself. So, uh, I guess it started from a young age. I always went to my teachers and asked questions and things like that, and I was gravitated towards older individuals. And the most recent and the one that really started a huge life change in my life is my friend Susan. She is she's about 40 years older than me, maybe 30-something. 
and we used to work at the bank together when I was 18, 19 years old. And one day I was at her house and she had a book on the kitchen table and I liked the art so I opened it up. I started to read and all of those words just filled me up with like, with with hugs on the inside. It was so beautiful. I was like, can I borrow this book? And she said, yeah. So I borrowed the book and I read it in a day. But the information in it required more digestion, but I just wanted to, it was an easy read for me. It was like meant to be in my hands. But that book started a, like a change of, re, a, a chain of research that just has not stopped since I started. The book is called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And it allows, it, it, it explains and breaks down the philosophy of you know the mental attitude a positive mental attitude that's so cool I'm gonna check out the check out that book that's for letting me know um, I've been in the restaurant industry for 12 years myself from serving to managing to you know general manager and um, it's tough it's a tough industry if you have passion for it is amazing because it's like you said for me it fits me as well as my personality it's what I like as an owner um, what has been some of the hardest parts of owning a restaurant and running I can already guess a few, but <laughs> I want to hear from you. Really, the main challenge for me is learning my leadership style. So I can, I feel as though being organized and efficient is one thing, and but having a group of different people with different personality at work, working together and looking up to you as a leader to be the person to solve any problems that come up is has been challenging because okay maybe the electricity something will happen there or a piece of equipment would break I'll make sure to fix it so the operation can keep moving forward but when it comes to two people clashing or there's a team that, that's not getting along with one another that has been a personal challenge for me because I'm not sure how to approach it by staying neutral and then and so it's that's really been the biggest challenge for me which has has fostered a lot of growth internally so I'm currently reading books and asking for guidance and seeing what I can do in order to make sure that I show up in a proper way that's not detrimental to anyone and that's helping the others grow. So that's been one of leadership. those things. Leadership. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. I mean, you can, I think the formula for running restaurants is not that complicated, right? It's good food, good drinks, and good people. That's but right. it's finding the right people to do it. That's right. To provide that service which, and keeping them together. That's um, right. What are some of the things you think you've done differently as an owner than most people in town? Because the fact that it's been already, you know, went through a pandemic and it's still going, it's, from what I know, it's only getting more popular. You're only adding more business times. Just had an interview with the Food Network. <laughs> we'll talk about that. I mean, what are some things that you think you've done that are helping this, this movement and moving forward? I think that um, I've taken a lot of my knowledge that I, my education, I was able to apply it. I feel as though every day I'm living my homework. My list of things to do is like, um, it's like basically homework. I feel like school teaches you to make sure that you get your things done. And so I find that what I was really able to apply that made a difference was um, the marketing and advertising. I was able to brand and rebrand the restaurant after we fixed all of the things on the inside internally. And then I put, I was like, okay, this is our new logo come check us out this is what we have going for us that's different now because when you rebrand your business that means you are notifying people that there's change and and we definitely created change there's we built a stage and added the element of music we made everything look beautiful on the inside so it's very colorful it's well decorated every single aspect of the restaurant is thought through we have natural plants we have fresh flowers we have excellent food and um, just the, the best people so the team of 
everyone that works at the Owl now, at the Blue Owl, I call it the Owl, <laughs> um, we're like a family. We're like friends and everybody that's there enjoys being there. And if they don't enjoy being there, most of the time the team will vote them out. Be like, this is not working out. They are, you know, it's just, if it's not a fit, it's not a fit. So I find that really then after we've made a beautiful environment inside the restaurant, we've really just kind of turned up the volume on the marketing and advertising. Just let everybody know what we have, show them what our culture is, and people are interested because when they come in, they feel like they're at home. It feels like you're in your living room when you're eating at the Owl. Literally, awesome. there's couches and yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've been there and I love it. I answer that question because I've seen it. You know, I think that's one of the hardest things of keeping our restaurant going in this town is owners appreciating their employees. And I think they forget how important it is. And I know that's something you've done and you focus on. So that's yes. really cool to hear. Um, what is it that you love most about running and owning a restaurant? I think you kind of mentioned it, but... Uh, it's a lot of things. Mm -hmm. it's, it really is like, yes, as I mentioned, it combines a lot of my hobbies into one place, but primarily just to be of service to the people. Mm -hmm. I know that it's like it's lacking to have a place where you can go and you can lounge and have music. I, when I moved here to Santa Barbara, that was one of the things I missed. The music scene was kind of lacking a little bit. There wasn't a place you can go like in a chamber style room where you can just sit down and enjoy the show without it being where it's like so big and it's too loud and you can't have a conversation. So um, I love that I can foster that for people, like I can create an environment and it's not me creating it, it's everybody creating it, everybody that comes in contributes to the entire feel. So I feel like, you know, at times we have people that come into the restaurant that have no money, that have like two dollars and they're like, can I get something to eat, you know, and then we can give them like chicken and rice or something to like of sustenance. And then at times there's people who's who need a job, like I had a one girl, her name is Ava, she was the sweetest. When I first bought the restaurant, she called and said oh, you know I'm 16 or 17 years old and nobody wants to hire me but because I don't have experience but nobody wants to give me a job so that I can get experience well we gave her a job and she's just she just bloomed and turned out so wonderful and then she graduated went to college she's at Colorado she's in Colorado right now and then she's coming back here for break and she's going to cover some shifts but she became part of the fabric of the blue out so to be able to provide the people with something that they need it's, it's really fulfilling whether it's the food or giving somebody a job with like or you know providing music or an atmosphere and having musicians and, and treating them well and um, everybody all the vendor suppliers and everybody that comes in treat everyone with respect I look at people and I see the God in everyone it doesn't matter what they do or who they are it's just and and I it's, you know seeing people out of love eye to eye is <laughs> a really good feeling yeah I love it I mean it's so interesting how you're talking about a restaurant it's almost like like a club, like a like a I don't know, like a lounge place. It's you're focusing so much on the positive things, and it's what that's what I think makes you stand out in this town. That you're focusing so much on people more than just the food. But clearly, you're providing great food as well because it's <laughs> getting better and better. Thank you. Um, what's your vision with the restaurant? Do you look to expand? Do you look to just make that one bigger? What kind of is your 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 vision for it? So, right now, the since. Um, since I, I bought the restaurant two years ago and since then it has grown significantly so one of the challenges has been managing the growth knowing how to manage the growth whether it's ordering more food or hiring more people budgeting properly and accordingly and doing all these various things and it's still in the momentum that's growing and so right now my focus is that but of course I would love to scale in the future and but at this point right now what uh, our, our next 
more, most immediate step of growing is renting the unit next door mm -hmm. and expanding for more storage to be able to put, provide more refrigerators so that we can handle more prep for food so that we can produce more because we did just get featured on the Food Network Which as you briefly mentioned. Next. <laughs> <laughs> so we know that that's going to increase the business significantly and we need to be able to increase production. And yeah. so that's part of it. And, and um, for the future future, a lot of people request other locations. Mm. And before I can do that, I must really learn how to master this one. And so that's really right now is managing the growth and learning I would like to get to the point where I'm complacent and unchallenged, which I'm sure I will always be challenged, but less challenged. And I feel like I'm bursting through the seams and it's time to go to the next place. It would be really beautiful to have more owls. Yeah, that's amazing. Good luck with that. I'm sure you're <laughs> going to make it happen. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. You know, being in the food network, we're, in a, we're living in a, in a town where there's a lot of restaurants. <laughs> and there's opening left and right. And a lot of them don't make it and some that keep going. You're one of the few that got featured in this little round that they did with the food network. A, how was that experience? B, how did they reach out to you? And what do you expect from it? All right. Well, I can answer <laughs> out of order. <laughs> One time I was checking my email and I, it, says, uh, it said, Food Network, are you interested? I opened it up and it said, hi, my name is Amber. I am working with the Food Network to recruit people for diners, drive-ins and dives. And your restaurant was suggested to us. Would you be interested in finding out more information? So naturally, yes. Of course, I had to research everything about the person and the company and the website to make sure it's legitimate and this not a scam right, or a prank. And or a prank. <laughs> and so it was various steps. It was it was like yes, okay. And then they sent a set of questions: Are you willing to close the restaurant for three days? Are you willing to do this? And are you willing to do that? Is this okay? Would you be able to? And very, like a lot of questions, like yes. And then you wait a few days, and then another question. And they're like, okay, well, we are interested, and we have other restaurants that we're looking for and whatnot. So the process of from the minute that the first contact until when we got the acceptance, like, okay, we are going to feature your restaurant and we'll be there in like a week. It, it was about a month and a half, maybe about, yeah, maybe two months. Okay. So it was a lot of waiting and a lot of excitement and a lot of anticipation. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. Is that, a, is that a show you're obviously familiar with? Did you always, did you want to be in it? Yes. Uh -huh. As a matter of fact, yes. As a matter of fact, yes. And um, I love Diners, Drivings, and Dives. I've traveled and looked up where he's been in that town, where Guy Fieri's been in that town, so that I can try some of the food. When I lived in Cleveland, I went to two places that he featured. And uh, one time, last year, we got an email from the Food Network, but it was a Canadian Food Network show. And they were very specific. They said, would you be interested in being featured? We said yes. But they had parameters that we're not able to meet, such as they wanted certain people there that were not interested in being there and they wanted it was during covid and it had to be under like complete a different kind of restriction so um eventually they just didn't weren't interested in and it didn't work out so i was a little bummed but when that happened i just with all my might i said i wish it was i wish it was diners drive-ins and dives that would be like the best i'm not even that bummed i, f I feel like we're 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 good enough to be on that show like i really want to i'm like food network is great but it's like really guy fieri that makes it <laughs> so like i wished with all my might i'm like gosh if this is not working out this is a tease it's cruel but I don't believe in that mm -hmm. I really believe that it's possible and then you know like a year later approximately a year later because they reached out last year January and these guys reached out in September so yeah maybe eight months later it was birthed wow 
All right, so those eight months go by, and then you get this call. When you first got it, well, first of all, during the eight months, do you think about this? Did you think about how you wish you would have gotten it? And when it happened, how do you how do you see it? I feel like I did nurture the thought a little bit, but I didn't. I, there was a couple times I was sitting around, and I mean, I of course, when we got approached, I told my family, I told some friends, and so there were follow-up questions like, hey, whatever happened with that? I'm like, oh, you know, it didn't work out. So those were the times that kind of came to the forefront of the of the thought, and then, and I'm like, that's okay, because I feel like in and there's always a seed of equivalent value in everything that doesn't work out. That means there's something else that's going to, and so I'm like, <clears throat> I wish it was diners, drive-ins, and dives, nonetheless. And so um, when it when it did surface and when it did come about, I'm like, is I did of course in your mind naturally wants to wonder and think if is this is this true or is this a joke but I, I believed it because I feel like we are worthy of being on there we're great and I wanted it enough that I'm like maybe this and so uh, yeah I guess I did think about it a couple times but not like uh, dwelled on it it, just, it was total surprise when it happened but at the same time I feel like we were so ready and we were doing so many things that were ready to be showcased to anyone and like when you put us on TV excellent we're already so like so ready like our kitchen is baby blue I mean how many times have you been to a commercial kitchen that's baby blue and beautiful and clean every aspect of the restaurant is in top notch so it, we were yeah we are ready worthy and it, it was it came out of the wishes I love that this this positive mindset of you know manifesting and knowing that your dreams are gonna come true if you work hard enough has that always been a part of your life um, or when did you start that because that's something I'm getting into lately and it's so refreshing to hear so when did you think that started for you and what has kept you going oh man it's so it's like the most wonderful experience I was I was about 20 years old and it was uh, the story that I told you earlier at my friend Susan's house I pulled the book I, I looked at the book you can heal your life and that really is a kind of fundamental about healing yourself and your mental aspect and how your childhood experiences and your your present and your future and from that book there were the quotes and different things said by different authors and I would just take that and then read another book and take that and need to read another book and I would just apply things and I'd be like okay I'm gonna bring to life a candy cane and then sure enough it comes on a silver platter in the funniest form I'm like all right I want all green lights and every every green light I approach every light I approach is green and anytime I go park anywhere it's always a front VIP parking spot so I started to feel like that really those were the small things and I was like okay how can I do this with money I want money. I want money because I want to do all the things that I want to do. So I got thrown into a job that allowed me to make more money and then it just things kept on unfolding and so each time I set my bar a little bit higher and I set it a little bit higher and now I just like to aim for the stars because I feel like everything is achievable. Everything is possible but it definitely takes a lot of mental work at least at least during the setup and the foundation but if you're amazed by the magic and then you really believe it I feel like that is all that you need you need a reservoir to cultivate that belief and keep it in there just know it's true you know it works with the small stuff it's gonna work just as well with the big stuff but the universe has to move so many more things around to make the really big things happen so it takes a little bit longer so you have to be patient they say the patient man is the richest the patient man doesn't wait at all so you have to just believe that it's on its way you're walking and then you will meet with success unexpectedly in common hours that saying and so that has been a, a subject for me that I'm so in love with. The field of personal development, it's magical, it's, um, it's, it's, um, it's the way of life. For me, it's the way of life. 
Absolutely. So much I want to ask you on this because I love it. You touched on success, which is the point of this podcast, and I've been so enamored about what we've been talking about, I forgot to ask you this. How did you view success before maybe this experience when you were 20, and how has it shifted, and how do you, how do you see it now? Wow, what a beautiful question. Well, when I was younger, I always viewed success as a person who has money and um, is doing whatever they want. And, and then I eventually learned different definitions of success. So some will say success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Earl Nightingale says that. That means a successful person is a person that's constantly striving for something, is in motion towards achievement. Because when you do attain the thing, then you've arrived and what's next? It means you always have to have your goal set on the next thing. So a person that's, because that's a driving force, everybody's building up, building up to Christmas, but then Christmas Day comes and then Christmas afternoon you're deflated and then and then the 26th Christmas was yesterday and it's all done. That really the enthusiasm was in the process. And when you attain the thing, make sure that your eyes on another Another thing too to keep you advancing so it's a person that's constantly working towards something and then the, the byproduct of that is achievement and then so if you aim high for something and you're working on that people a lot of times will focus just on the money but the money is really just a byproduct of doing the right thing and you re you require a lot of tools in order to achieve something that's larger so life will provide you with those with those tools it will give you the money that you need in order to make it happen and so now I view success as doing what I want when I want it and having meaningful things that I'm working on, not just having money. Of course, having money is beautiful. I love it. I love money. And I had to rebuild my relationship with money when I was younger. And then now it's just in a healthy way. It's just part of my being. It's because I like to do big things. And it's, it's, our, it's our duty in life to fulfill our desires. This is where an expression of life and life wants to seek fulfillment through us. And so the things that we love the most is called desire and what is desire if you break it down it's de and sire means of God that means God put that in you in order to be expressed and so I might call God the universe or some call it the source or life or spirit however way you want to look at it it's the same thing it's the source of life and so I look at um, that which we desire is that what we need to fulfill and the money will come it's your job to, to figure out what fuels you what makes you want to get out of bed and go in the morning and that's the thing that you're supposed to do that's your purpose and you have to fulfill that and so that sometimes people are dulled in their jobs and they don't like what they're doing and then they're not that that's on purpose like if you're, you're not on purpose you're if you don't like what you're doing if you're not enjoying yourself if you're not fueled then you're not following your path and it's your responsibility to be able to unshackle yourself from the things that you conditioned yourself to believe that are not positive if you find yourself you're unhappy that's a sure sign that you're not on the right path so even if what you really like to do is to build clay dishes, that's your thing. That's what you're supposed to do, what you love, period. And then you will find a way to succeed in that. That means what you're doing today is fun for you. The whole answer gave me chills. <laughs> I love that. It's so real and it's, it's, it's an expression of who you are, which, which I love. Um, you talked about the relationship with money. How were you able to change that you think because we're born we're, we kind of perceive it a certain way that with the way we grew up with it and, and stuff how were you able to change that and, and look at it as a not as a need but rather as a fundamental that helps you to get where you want well good question so you have a lot of good questions man <laughs> uh, so part of my journey was the desire for more attainment of things in order for me to fulfill these things right and i looked at it 
like how can I do this that I know that when a person achieves something what they want to do at the end of the day they've gotten what they want if you're a person of integrity eventually you want to share it so they've concluded okay there are people who have succeeded in the world a lot of people and throughout time and they've written books on how to do it and so a lot of that journey that I was explaining to you that started from Louise Hay book you can heal your life eventually I ended up falling into books um, a book called the Science of Getting Rich by uh, Wallace Waddles, and of course, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill. Yeah. yeah. And then the the lands on the on the sea on the shore, so they burn. Yes. That's the way you're going back. <laughs> He's the father. <laughs> yes. And it's a really one. old book. Yeah. So I really how my process was reading those books and putting them into application, and I had to in an, in, a, in essence brainwash myself because everything I had. I'd known about money growing up was just my parents' experience and how they experienced it from their parents, which was a fine, it was okay, but it wasn't what was working for my path and for my goals. And so I had to completely change my perspective. And it's like if you have a house and then you sell it to some developer and they come in and they completely change the walls and the floors and the structures of the house, I had to dismantle my mind in order to look at it in a completely different way. And there is a universal way to look at life. And so that my 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 last 10, 12 years have been dedicated to learning more and deeper and growing and like being challenged consistently and re-challenged with the same things again and learning that life is just a maintenance job. But part of it was, yeah, just really brainwashing myself to believe that I am worthy of and to really understand what money is and what its purpose is. It's just an exchange. And uh, and then it comes to you, man. It comes to you. Like you don't even, if you do, just you need to give yourself an outlet. If you're, if if you're in a if you're in an hourly wage then you're capped then that means you know the maximum you're gonna be able to make so sometimes you have to open yourself up to different channels like serving or working in a restaurant where you're gonna get a tipping job where you might just say a funny joke and somebody gives you five hundred dollars where you would never be able to do that if you worked at McDonald's or if not that there's anything wrong with working at McDonald's but understanding that you are opening yourself up for life to give you an opportunity to receive more so that's why I always really enjoyed working in the serving position and working in restaurants because um, I was I was I really had some great great experiences like one time I set a goal when it was really slow and I knew I set a crazy goal I was like I'm gonna do this and I know it's summertime it was summertime there was slow and I'm like I'm gonna make $350 which maximum I've ever made there was $170 my boss calls me the day before and it's like I need you to come in there's a there's a baby shower I ended up working a double and at the end of the night I counted my tips it was $347 and I cried and I knew that it was possible and I knew it was crazy at the same time when I set the goal but it allows you to play life allows you to play with it and sometimes it'll it'll respond right back to you and other times it'll take time you know it's sometimes but the the trick is that you can need to continue to believe you need to trump it you need to like not allow that negative fear to come in and say oh but no you have to continue to be faithful you have to have full faith as we were talking earlier that burning desire yeah it's, it's a whole different meaning when you when you realize like there's no plan b you know you have burned all my ships and i'm not going back and <laughs> i love that so with all that being said do you think you have achieved success do you think you're close do you think you're going to how do you view it now well <clears throat> 
I have viewed myself as successful for a long time and I because I've trained myself to think that I've told myself I am successful by the power of affirmations part of the way I brainwash myself if you will is to it's called auto suggestion right it's also called affirmations and so I have a book of things that I want to be so I notice sometimes that I am that I can be impatient in traffic and then just this and that or with one of my friends Susan who's older and she's a lot more patient than myself and she would notice my impatience so I'm like okay I'm, I'm impatient and I keep saying I'm impatient and I'm perpetuating that truth so I use the reverse and I take my notebook and I write down like so many times over time or whenever I'm sitting in traffic or anytime I have time I tell myself I am patient I try to connect with that feels like and then eventually I cultivated a belief within myself that I am patient and so therefore I became patient and um, I think I lost track of the question <laughs> <laughs> me too keep going yeah I just I just love it now you're talking about the power of the mind which obviously is why it's gotten to you to where you are now but we're talking about how you view success now how you think you've achieved it and you obviously good really have. back <laughs> <laughs> you're right so I did I, I'd like like you said earlier like how do I view success I I just told myself I am successful like I told myself I'm patient when then one day I realized that I was patient I'm like wow I am patient and then I'm like oh my god that feels like the truth for a long time it felt like a lie and then it became one day I just was felt like the truth I find myself to be very patient and so um, I told myself I am successful for many years along with other other affirmations like I communicate clearly and effectively or I live a life of integrity or I love and approve of my myself or I'm patient I am kind so I am successful was one of those that I told myself for a long time so I've always believed that I was successful and I found myself that whatever I was doing along the way was like I felt like I was clocked in for something that was gonna pay me later and so I I, um, I told myself I am successful and then now I feel just because I have the outlet of the restaurant and others have seen the improvements of what it was f from what it was before to what it is today people are like oh Nadia is so successful and blah 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 and they're like how does it feel to be successful and and it's just it's like I feel like I have always been successful it's just now people are seeing it in the physical and so um, it's really good feeling it's That's really amazing. good feeling yeah no, a couple final questions for you um, everything you've done requires discipline what are some of those daily habits that, because I know it requires every day, it's an everyday thing of waking up and, you know, affirmations and all, but what are some of those daily habits that have helped you stay on the track that you are? Wow, that's good. I feel like you already said some of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the affirmations is part of it for mm -hmm. sure. But things such as doing my bed, I know that that's such a classic, but it's true. Every time, I, it takes me no time, but I do it and I just tell my mind I'm in charge. And so then that sets the tone. It's like, okay, I'm in charge because I feel like it's important to be in charge of your mind. And whenever I notice that, that my mind is going and wandering to different places, that's not great. So I, I don't do that. Very cool. So you were telling me a little bit of those daily habits. What are some other things that you do? So aside from doing my bed every day, I, I make sure that the when I wake up in the morning that the first thing I do is drink some water to just kind of wake my body up. And I think it's um, it's really important because I feel like my functions and my organs are, they just kind of dry, you know? But then it allows my brain to start thinking and then I do some breathing, I sit in my bed and I express gratitude. Well, I guess before I get any water, that's the first thing I do, I wake up. Sometimes I wake up and I, th I say, like, wow, thank God I'm alive another day because I just woke up out of a nightmare, you know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is reality. 
know, I'm so happy to be on earth and be here today. And sometimes I wake up and I have to manufacture my thoughts. I'm like, okay, I'm grateful to have another day. <laughs> I'm grateful for my cats that are very soft next to my bed. I'm grateful that I, I have um, a good job. I have a good community of friends and people and support system. And so, but other days I just wake up with utter gratitude, just happy for what's ahead. But I feel like that's really one of my most important practices. And before I go to bed, it's just the same. I like to sleep in silence. I like to sleep, have silence before I go to bed and I create my life that time. That's when I envision my goals, my dreams, and then I fall into them while I sleep and then <laughs> see them come into fruition. So cool. Well, I want to be respectful of our time, so I'll finish up with this question I'd like to ask. Um, what are, it can be two, three, however many you can think of, of things that you want to be remembered as. You know, you lived your life and you're dying the way you want to leave Earth. What are some things that you want to be remembered by? Well, um, I will, that's a good question that I have not given really any thought to. What I want to be remembered by, I feel like what I would like to leave on Earth is a lot of the lessons that I have, one of my main dreams, my goal, my mission in life is to be, similarly to what we're talking about here, to be a speaker in the field of personal development. So what I would like to do is, my mission in life is to give a practical philosophy of success, which will free men and women from fear and limitation. And so to encourage everybody to know that whatever they, they want, that they can have it. And I know at times it's hard for the common person to see that and understand that because they were jaded by so many of negative beliefs that we've acquired over time. But I would like to unshackle people from those conditioned thoughts and believe that whatever the mind can... Uh, can what, how does it go? How does it go? Whatever the mind can believe... Mm -mm can conceive and believe the mind can achieve. I love it. And who says that? Mr. Napoleon Hill. Okay. And so, um, yeah, pretty much that. And you are, and you are <laughs> who you surround yourself with. So be around the best people. Yeah. Choose, choose wisely. That's a big one. Well, thank you, Nadia, so much. I want to just finish off by maybe giving a little bit of plug to your restaurant, talk a little mm -hmm. bit about any of the upcoming events or how people can find you on Instagram and, and how can we support your, your mission a little more. Well, thank you very much. I mean, we have live music. We'll bring together the best kind of people in town and from out of town to gather and have some foods and drinks and enjoy themselves. You can find us at the Blue Owl SB for Santa Barbara.com. And on Instagram, we post a lot there. So it's at Blue Owl SB. It's a good, fun place to showcase what we do. Awesome. And we hope you come in and try some fried rice. So that's what we're known for. Oh, it's so good. And we'll be able to see you on the Food Network approximately two to four months. Okay. Perfect. So, sometime early 2023 yeah let me know and i'll make sure I'll, I'll, I'll let my audience know that would be lovely well thank you nadia i want to thank you for your time and and just want to thank you for your advice and your tips and this is i feel like i've i'm doing this podcast for my own but and it's obviously i want people to have a voice but every person i've chosen has fallen for a reason and what you've told today i hope it, it helps so many people as it did for me because it's, it's inspiring I admire you and you're making people take action, which is the whole point of the podcast. So I really appreciate it. Thank you, Ricardo. Thank you. I'll see you soon. Thank you all for joining me today. I hope this message serves as an inspiration for you. And if you enjoyed it, please hit the five-star rating, share it with your friends, and follow us on Instagram at local.success. Thank you again and see you next time.